0: Park Podcast where we compare theme park offerings from coast to coast. We don't always see eye to eye, but in the end we'll try. I'm your host, CJ, and I'm joined by Allie and our guest tonight, Sarah. How is everybody doing tonight?
1: I'm great. Excited to talk about Disney.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the podcast, first of all. Yes, and I'm doing you. great. <laughs> Cool, cool. Well, tonight we are talking about a number of different things. We're heading into the Land of Tomorrow to talk about Autopia and the Tomorrowland Speedway. And then we are moving on to, what's our next one we're talking about? Astro Orbiter. That's yeah. right. And then we were talking about the People Mover, which no longer exists in Disneyland. So we're going to like take a little sidestep over to the Rocket Rods which also no longer exists in Disneyland, but it's kind of an interesting little blip on the radar of Disneyland history. So I thought that would be kind of an interesting discussion, but let's go ahead and talk about um, the Autopia and the Tomorrowland Speedway. So why don't you guys share with me your favorite thing about Autopia at Disneyland? And
1: Sarah, why don't you start us off? Um, Well, so it has been, it had been a while, so it kind of refresh my memory, but it is a way better track than disney world disney world just no offense, world it feels like a racetrack and you're like here's a long hot loop and but disneyland there's like so much character and charm and and i feel like you can kind of go different ways and find different things and there's you know so my favorite thing that i said about disney world was just being able to see tron better Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> yes. Get a different view
0: of
1: That's why I wrote it the last time I was there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And Disney Disney World is definitely more like nostalgia, or Disneyland is nostalgic, just yes. fun and enjoyable, and you can point things out. And... True,
0: true. And I feel like, you know, every iteration of the Disneyland Autopia has had fun scenes in it, you know? whereas the Magic Kingdom version, maybe not so much. Allie, what about you? Your favorite part of Autopia and the Tomorrowland Speedway?
2: Yeah, um, so first of all, I just want to say we watch ride-throughs all the time, so don't worry about that, Sarah. (laughs) Wait. So my favorite thing about Autopia at Disneyland is the scenes all around. So I watched the ride-through, and I got to see Asimo doing all cool things, getting himself into a little bit of trouble. It was cool. It was fun. There's a story to it. And my favorite thing about Tomorrowland Speedway at Magic Kingdom, it's a place to sit for four minutes, guaranteed.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when we were doing <laughs> when we were doing the notes on this, I wrote my favorite thing about Tomorrowland Speedway when it's over question mark (laughs) like I just really don't like this ride very much at Magic Kingdom but I do really like the trees there's like some big sweeping trees over the speedway that are just so beautiful and at Autopia I really like the nods to Disney history that are in there for a while it's it's been a while since I've been on the Disneyland version but they did have bronzed version of some Disneyland ride vehicles that I thought were really cool that you could see along the course so I thought that was really awesome by the way just a little Side note, it's bedtime in our house, so I'm really sorry if you could hear my child screaming in the background. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and right on cue, I heard him.
0: <laughs> yes. yes. I'm sorry. Anywho, let's go on to some history and some facts. What was the opening date for Autopia at Disneyland?
2: July 17th, 1955, opening day attraction. boom. Yep.
0: Oh. Yep. We got an opening day attraction for Magic Kingdom 2, October 1st, 1971. Do we have any fun facts for Autopia? Oh,
2: boy, we do. So it's actually the only opening day attraction left in Tomorrowland as a wow. time of recording.
1: Oh.
2: Uh, yeah. Well, um, at the yes,
1: time of recording,
2: we can't go back in time and add attractions. Yes, but if somebody's watching this thir- or listening to this 30 years from now and they're like, there's no Autopia anymore, one, oh. it would be really sad. And two, it would be inaccurate. Okay. To, yeah. Okay, So. True. Okay. So 30 years from now, if there's not still an Autopia, I feel wow. sorry for you. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> so there actually used to be two other Autopias in Disneyland, too. Uh, one of them is the horribly named, or was the horribly named Midget Autopia. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, big oof there. I wish they would have called it Autopia Jr. or Mini Autopia. Mm-hmm. That would have been really clever. Mini, like mini mouse. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyways, um, so Midget Autopia was opened from 1957 to 1966. It had the smallest track and there were no adults allowed to ride that ride. Uh, it was closed and re- removed to make room for It's a Small World. And it was donated to Walt Disney Municipal Park in Marceline, Missouri, but is no longer operating there. Oh, bummer. We also had Junior Autopia, which operated from 1956 to 1958. It closed in 58 and reopened in 1959 as the Fantasyland Autopia. Hmm. It was an exact duplicate of the Tomorrowland Autopia, except for 1991 to 1992, when it was re-themed as the Rescue Rangers Raceway.
0: That's so cool! Yeah, and it's
2: it's really timely now. Yeah, (laughs) like, open that back up. Yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) Unfortunately, so the Fantasyland Autopia was open on an interim basis until 1999, when it closed permanently. That's also when Tomorrowland Autopia closed and was refurbished. Uh, It was the track for Fantasyland Autopia was combined with the Tomorrowland Autopia when it reopened in 2000.
0: Okay, do either of you remember the Fantasyland Autopia? Nope. No. Okay, what's really strange is I don't remember it at all, which is surprising because it, you know, closed in 1999. You'd think "We we might remember this, but I remember the smaller version of the Tomorrowland Autopia before the tracks combined and then I remember when it reopened in 2000 as a larger Autopia so I don't know why I don't remember the Fantasyland. I have no memory of it
2: but it's weird too because when we were doing the research you all you said you have memories of going on the people mover and that closed before that yeah. did.
0: yeah yeah well we went on the
1: people mover a lot I know that for sure
2: I don't remember it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't remember it either. And I'm like, I I didn't like any water rides and when I was a child when we went to Disneyland. And so for there's I I'm sure my mom took me on the people mover instead. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I don't remember it. It's so weird
0: how our memories like pick and choose what we're going to remember. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to ask mom if we did the Fantasyland Autopia. I'm sure we did, but I'm just yeah. surprised. Like it 1999, I feel like it would it would have closed far far before that time but i don't know okay magic kingdom there's not much like fun facts and trivia about the magic kingdom version of the speedway and the timeline i was finding different dates so i went to the d23 website you know that's the official disney website here so it opened october 1st 1971 as the grand prix raceway Then in September, 1996, it was renamed the Tomorrowland Speedway. 1999, it was the Tomorrowland Indy Speedway. And then in 2008, it dropped Indy and was just Tomorrowland Speedway. And that's what it's called today. So some other websites had conflicting dates on the the naming there, but I decided we're gonna go with the D23 website as the official Disney website for the names there. So let's talk about location. Where is it located?
2: Yeah, in Disneyland, it's in the corner of Tomorrowland near the Star Wars launch bay, the Tomorrowland train station, and Finding Nemo submarine voyage. I think that's the official name, the submarine lagoon.
0: So Yeah. <laughs> What's, what I think is really cool about the location of the Disneyland Autopia is it's kind of, we've talked about it before, it's the layering. You know, you, you kind of go over and around the submarines, and when the People Mover was operating, the People Mover went over it, the monorail goes over it. You get that layering effect, which yeah. we don't we don't see so much in Magic Kingdom. I also have a fun story about the Tomorrowland train station and the Autopia. So one night I was in line for the Autopia actually getting ready to board a car, and I saw all this smoke from the Tomorrowland train station. A trash can at the train station was on fire, like fully ablaze. And this cast member from Autopia, like, dashed across the autopia tracks. He was like, "Stop!" and all the cars like saw him running across with a fire extinguisher and he like jumped over the little fence and put out the fire. And, wow.
1: Yeah. You watched that all go down. You like, did. What?
0: Yeah. Hero cast member. Yeah, I mean there were all these bushes around and like, you know, I I think they're gas-powered engines, right? On the yeah. autopia cars that could have been And California
2: is, like, perpetually in a drought, so that could have been really bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's my fun story about the Tomorrowland train station on the Autopia. Anywho. Okay, Magic Kingdom, it's also located on Tomorrowland, but it's kind of on the border of Fantasyland near the Mad Tea Party, also near Tron Construction. We get a really great view right now, and kind of near Space Mountain and the train station as well.
2: Yeah, when I when I was there in March and I rode the teacups, it was really jarring to get off the teacups and be like, oh, yep, there's the the Tomorrowland Speedway. Like it's <laughs> weird. It's it's definitely it's not like a good a, transition.
1: Right out of fantasy and into reality. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Smell the fumes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's not fun. Not fun. Let's talk about the queue. I think the queue is a big difference between these two. Yeah, so
2: the Disneyland queue starts and ends outdoors uncovered. Of course, it has to end outdoors because you have to get in the car. Uh, But there is a covered section and there's also a show building. Um, And I have a lot of memories of when Chevron was the sponsor where there were animated dioramas featuring the Chevron cars and... There was one where, you know, they're they're stuck behind a car at the red light and they're like, oh my gosh, this light's been red for so long and then it's finally green and the car in front of her is asleep and doesn't (laughs) go and she's like, oh no, and then it turns red again. Yeah, so I have a lot of memories of that, but Chevron is no longer the sponsor. It's Honda and I think there might be Asimo doing shenanigans in those little diorama features.
0: Yeah, I always liked those dioramas. And it's got that big, um, like, Jumbotron playing, like, cartoons outside.
2: Yeah, and yes. I want to say they have, like, dumb jokes. Like, mm-hmm. they they dropped the jelly and the freeway's jammed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, Magic Kingdom, the queue's entirely outdoors. It's pretty bad. It's brutal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's not a fun... Wait, it's partially covered, but it's pretty much outdoors lots of switchbacks and then eventually you like cross over the ending of the track to get down to the cars in the load zone there's really not much to entertain you you're just looking at other people in the switchbacks and looking at the cars for a little bit
1: smelling the fumes smelling the
0: fumes (laughs) watching the teacups maybe (laughs) not fun not a fun experience all right, let's talk about the design of the ride vehicles and the number of ride vehicles, stuff about the ride vehicles. Disneyland, let's go. Yeah,
2: so at Disneyland, we are on Autopia Mark 8. Uh, so the Autopia opened in 1955, and by 1958, they had gone through marks one through four. There was a lot of wear and tear on those early versions. Also, the early versions didn't have that uh, center bar to keep you going on track so people could just drive and crash wherever they wanted to. It was kind of like Autopia bumper cars. Not great. So they did add that bar in the middle to keep you from driving off course. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The Mark Seven cars lasted from 1967 to 1999, and now we are on Mark Eight. Their top speed is about seven miles an hour, and I couldn't find a definitive source on how many cars there are. Uh, I found one that said 96, and there was one that said 180, and I'm not going to go on Google Maps and attempt to count them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Over at Magic Kingdom, we're on the Mark Seven vehicle, so the authentic ones from, like, 1967 um, so if you look at the, the design of the body, it, you know, it goes back to 1967. I think they look pretty cool, but they do have the Speedway stickers on them. So they kind of look like race cars. I found a source that said there's 146 of them. I'm not going to sit there and count either, <laughs> so I'm just going to go with it. And they also go seven miles per hour. So not, not very fast. Now let's talk about the route. Allie, the route of Disneyland is very interesting.
2: It is very interesting. Paint us a picture. I will do my best. So the route is about 0.4 miles long, and it takes you four to five minutes to go through it. You board your vehicle, you buckle up, you reach your foot to the gas pedal, and you make a left turn before the train tracks where you see what looked like a hot air balloon. And Asimo, the Honda robot, and there's a little car next to him. Um, And you drive along Route 55 uh, near the monorail tracks through some very, very tall trees. It feels like you're in a national park. Mm -hmm. And you see Asimo with a camper. and And then you pass what looked like a water tower. The ride through, he drove by pretty quickly and there was some stuff sticking out of it.
0: Pretty Uh, quickly at seven miles per hour.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, okay. It was to the right, and the person recording looked at it and then looked forward, eyes on the road. From there, you go under the former people mover tracks and the monorail tracks, and then onto a bridge over the Autopia then you loop around and go under the bridge that you were just driving on mind blown <laughs> at this point you are driving towards the matterhorn and you get a really nice view of it mm-hmm. you b- go past what looked like a very distraught asimo who was his arm for kind of goal posting uh it was it was weird um and then you go off-roading <laughs> it's rough and rugged terrain and then suddenly you're turning sharply wait wrong ride <laughs> then you go on <laughs> then you go onto a bridge, go around past the submarine lagoon, and where you see the show building where the queue was, and Asimo putting up a billboard advertising an airplane. And then you're in the queue, the stop and go to drop your car off for the next lucky driver.
0: yeah, so you mentioned the um hot air balloon and the airplane and stuff. He's exploring different types of vehicles. Oh, driving. yeah. So there's a story. It makes sense now. It does.
1: And I didn't realize that it was two tracks that eventually became one. I've, I've only written it as the two tracks as one. So
0: there's there's actually four. <laughs> there's four tracks. Yeah. yeah, they
1: all
2: they all pretty much follow the same route. Um, two of yeah. them go next to each other and then the other two go next to each other and they both follow the same basic route, you see the same things and there's the off-road course on both of them.
0: Yeah. Um, and they they usually only use those those first two. Only yeah. if it's really crowded, they use those other two. Yeah. 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 Usually I only get that one. <laughs> yeah. It's
2: normally it's normally the red side.
0: Yes, yes. I feel very lucky if I get anything other than the red
2: side. <laughs> yeah, I think for a while they were doing fast pass was the other two that I don't uh-huh. even know what colors they are. Um, but green? yeah, the fast pass cute, yeah, I think it's I think it's red and blue and then maybe green and yellow, yeah, something like that. So I think they were doing fast pass for the other two and then standard for the red, blue. But I'm not sure on that.
0: I'll have to check it out when I'm there next month, yeah. Felix just got tall enough for that before the parks closed, so we only went on it like twice before everything closed. But anyways, okay, Magic Kingdom is far less interesting. There really isn't a story to it. So it is 0.4 miles, though, and just there's a lot less that you see. It's the same distance, and it's about, you know, just under five minutes. You take a left turn past Space Mountain Gift shop. Um, you go under the People Mover, past the Tron Construction, underneath part of the Speedway tracks, and you make a whole bunch of smaller turns by some greenery towards the Tron Construction again. You get a view of Space Mountain and the People Mover. You go back over the Speedway alongside another part of the Speedway tracks, past Dumbo on the right, a final left turn, under last underneath the last stretch of the queue, and then you're back at the unload zone. That's it. That's <laughs> dull. Yeah. It's a lot of greenery that you're seeing. A lot of Tomorrowland
1: line.
2: And see, you say, you say a lot of greenery, and I strongly disagree because the Disneyland version has a lot of greenery, and I watched the ride through of the Magic Kingdom version. There was not a lot of greenery.
0: True. So the story, Allie, on Disneyland's is
2: yeah. We kind of you kind of touched on it a little bit. Whereas Asimov Displ- exploring different forms of transportation and it does feel like just a drive through a national park
0: and magic kingdom is like racetrack i guess (laughs) (laughs) which like i guess is florida themes because you know like the daytona races are pretty popular there's no music yeah just car noises
2: at, at disneyland as well
0: and then height requirement
2: yeah, both parks, thirty-two inches to ride with another person or fifty-four inches to ride alone, which I <sighs> I get that you're tall enough, but for a long time it was very hard to reach the pedal.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember that being that fifty four inch height requirement to ride alone. I was still like struggling. I think it depends on your personal anatomy and how. <laughs> how your legs and waist are built. <laughs> yeah. But what I think is cool about the Magic Kingdom version is there's these bleachers on the backside that you can sit in and watch if you don't want to ride or you can't ride.
2: Yeah, there's no bleachers at Disneyland. You can go up the stairs at the exit or the ramp. I think it's a ramp. It's a ramp, yeah. Yeah, and you can watch the loading and unloading zone and wait for your party there, but you don't get to, like, watch them drive around.
0: No, but you can over by Matterhorn. You can watch the... um, the off road section goes pretty close.
1: Oh, to the fence, yeah. So.
0: That's kind of cool, but you got to time it right. And mm-hmm. honestly, it's kind of hard to call them when they're on the ride. Yeah, don't <laughs> so. text
2: and drive. Don't, yeah, hands free. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, during fireworks, what's the status? Oh. Disneyland is open, but the views are probably not the best. Honestly, Magic Kingdom's open. I haven't been on it during fireworks. So I'm assuming you can probably see them, but I don't know for sure. Sarah, do you know?
1: I have never been on it during fireworks because I feel like that's the last place I'd want to be. So. <laughs> it's the last place I want to be at all times. during <laughs> that. It's going to be loud. You're going to hear the motors. You're not going to hear the music. You might see the fireworks, but of all the other places.
0: And that's a ride where you have to look where you're going. Otherwise, you're going to need to see the chiropractor <laughs> afterwards. So <laughs> clunk, clunk. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, status during the rain? It's
2: open at Disneyland. Really? Yeah, I look, I found a list that said these are the attractions that close during the rain. And Autopia was not on that list.
0: Okay, Magic Kingdom, you know, during a light rain, it's probably open. Heavy rain, eh. And honestly, I would kind of expect the same thing at Disneyland. If it's raining too hard where you're
2: just going to sit in a giant puddle, they're probably going to recommend... I mean, I at least would recommend that Disney closes it at that point. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. And then, final category is their Lightning Lane. Yes, and yes for Magic Kingdom also, and that's another one where it's pretty readily available. So that is our um, that's our last category for Speedway and Autopia. So now that we've got the facts laid out, it's time for our showdown on the car attractions of at Tomorrowland. Can we see eye to eye? Does one side stand out above the crowd? So, um, which one of you wants to go
1: first? I can go first. Okay, go for it. Tell me I your mean, thoughts. I feel like it's a clear uh, Disneyland utopia. I don't you know. It's just it's a clear winner in my eyes.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I think this is a clean sweep for Disneyland.
2: Yeah, I think, and I think it was pretty clear for all three of us from the beginning when we're talking about our favorite thing about the uh, the Tomorrowland Speedway. It's a place to sit. You can see Tron. <laughs> I like getting off of it. Like, it's just it, it could it had potential to be so much better. And D- Disney was just like, "Nah, we're gonna do this," and they did. And so, everyone says,
0: "Why?" What do we think? They can do to make this attraction better. Plant more trees. <laughs> okay, Sarah,
1: what do you think we or Definitely Disney can more do? More shade wouldn't hurt, especially with Florida. But some kind of better theming. Like, I mean, yeah, I don't know where you go with that because I'm like, you can't go cars because that's just you no. Know, you can't compare that to radio, yeah. Springs, So right. Um, but yeah, just better theming something to something that something to look at.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just I don't understand how Disneyland got like the Honda sponsor with the ASIMO thing, and they've like really nailed that in there, and it's really well done. And then Magic Kingdom is like stuck on the Raceway Speedway Indy Five Hundred. Like, why are they still going with that?
1: Yeah, and but and they can they can that, add a story there. A sponsor that is like from the, a race car, you know world and do something
0: yeah and i've heard rumors about like wreck it ralph make it like sugar rush themed like they could do something really cool with that fantastic there you go Mm -hmm. and they can paint the cars really cute and they could have some interactive stuff in the queue like build your character or whatever i don't know
2: they could um put the fix-it felix machines in there too
0: Mm mm-hmm well there we go solving Disney's problems yet again yeah again, again. <laughs> we do this all the time <laughs> <laughs> all right well now that we've uh, put our pedal to the metal here um let's move on to astro orbiter let's blast off here to astro orbiter and let's start with our favorite things about astro orbiter which one of you wants to talk about your favorite thing at disneyland i can go first
1: again go, go for, it. for it so um, I think one of my favorite parts about the shorter Orbiter at Disneyland is that it's, you can see it close up, like you can just oh. up to it and you can enjoy it. Whereas I feel like Disney World, it's kind of far away, although it is, it's beautiful. But, mm-hmm. you know, Disneyland, you can really like, you can see it better. So I like that.
0: That's a good point. And I think for, you know, little kids who might be like hesitant to go on rides, they can like actually see what it is and be like, oh, I can handle that. Yeah. Yeah. Allie, what about you? So, my favorite thing is actually kind of a double-edged
2: sword. I like how it welcomes you into Tomorrowland. But Mm. it really inhibits the flow of traffic in and out of Tomorrowland.
0: Yes, that's true.
2: Yeah. And I just want to throw out my least favorite thing about the Astro Orbiter at Disneyland is how they spelled it.
0: (laughs) Okay, explain. it's,
2: It's Astro Orbitor. With an O-R at the end, which is not how you spell the word orbiter.
0: At Magic Kingdom, it's spelled E-R, orbiter. Yeah, and I'm not sure why that is, but y'all can look it up on the Disneyland and Magic Kingdom websites and confirm that we are not making that
1: up. I wonder if that was just a spelling error that never got fixed. I don't know. It's really weird, though. And as a terrible speller, I'm kind of here for it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The astro orbitor.
1: <laughs> They're like, hey, you guys know why the why it's
0: different? <laughs> <laughs> Some random imaginary spelled it wrong. Well, my favorite thing about the orbitor, the astro orbitor at Disneyland, <laughs> is that if you time it right, there's no line. So, I think that tells you. That I just don't really like that ride very much. That's
2: how you really feel, CJ.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's an okay ride, but I'm like, you know, I'll go on it if there's no line. If there's not, eh, it's okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's Dumbo with with Rockets. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much.
0: Pretty much. Now, what about Magic Kingdom? Sarah, why don't you start us off with your favorite thing about the Astro Orbiter at Magic Kingdom?
1: <laughs> um, my favorite thing is actually how it, it, intense it is. because <laughs> it, it, it looks like Dumbo and you're like, oh, I can handle that. And then you get up there and you're like, oh, you're pretty high. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so definitely, I feel like, can be more intense than you think. Um, so yeah, I kind of like that it comes off as a kid ride, but when you get up there, it's like, oh, what did I agree to? <laughs> yes, yes.
2: Allie? So, I actually don't think I've been on the Astro Orbiter at Magic Kingdom. Really? And part of that may have to do with the fact that I am scared of heights. <laughs> um, but that said, I do like the idea of it being up so high, and it just kind of adds that extra level
0: of coolness and of intensity Yeah, I said my favorite thing is that it's thrilling and, you know, (laughs) when it, like, spins and it starts to come down and it's creaking, I second guess, are these bolts going to come flying off (laughs) and I am going to go flying off? Like, is this rocket going to stay attached or is the arm going to collapse and (laughs) am I going to survive this? Am I going to survive my descent back to Tomorrowland? (laughs) So, like, it really is a thrilling attraction for me. It scares me. Yeah. (laughs) CJ questioning her
2: life choices again.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like, screw Space Mountain. This is the most thrilling attraction (laughs) in Tomorrowland. (laughs)
1: I I actually do think it might be a little more thrilling than Space Mountain. Yeah, and then I
0: think (laughs) I think this thing is sitting out there baking in the Florida sun, in the humidity, in the rain. Are these bolts gonna rust away and I'm gonna fly away?
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. It scares me, okay? Yeah, and then when you and you are very high up. Like Yes. Compared to the Dumbo ride when you're on that one, you're you definitely feel You're, yeah, if you, if those bolts went, you'd be.
0: Yeah. Listen, I judge all those people who go on those like fling you up into the air rides down in like Old Town Kissimmee because I do not trust those things. And then I look at myself and I'm like, well, here I am on the astro orbiter that also sits out in the sun and probably is rusting away. Am I any smarter? No.
2: Well, thank you both for affirming my choice to have not ridden (laughs) that
0: ride. (laughs) I mean, Dumbo's probably the same thing, So, but you are closer to the ground, so any injuries probably won't be as bad. Th- aren't
1: those Dumbo's, like, relatively new? Are they the same ones?
0: Um, I think one of them was relocated and the other one was built, so, okay. yeah, but I don't know which one was yeah. which. <laughs> yeah. So, you got a 50-50 shot there of being okay. <laughs> Anyways. All right, let's talk about opening dates. Allie, when did it open in Disneyland?
2: March 24th, 1956, and it was called the Astro Jets.
0: Okay, I could have sworn this was an opening day attraction, so... It was not. You taught me something. So thank you. You're welcome. I feel educated now. Magic Kingdom, this opened November 28th, 1974 as the Star Jets. Fun facts, history, and trivia. They
1: changed the names to what they are now. <laughs> yes, yeah.
2: and we actually—I am actually going to explain part of that.
1: All right. Okay.
2: So educate us. Yes, this is an educational podcast. Okay. So, at Disneyland, this ride has moved twice.
0: Wow. First,
2: it was between the Submarine Voyage and Rocket to the
0: Moon. Okay. And wait, Rocket to the Moon is like kind of where Pizza Planet is, roughly, I think. Yes okay yeah somewhere it was it's somewhere
2: around the um
0: like space mountain area
2: yeah i was gonna say Inventions, and i know it's not interventions anymore but that building okay ish yeah okay so the astro jets became known as the tomorrowland jets from 1964 to 1966. Uh, united airlines was the sponsor of the tiki room at the time and astrojet was the name of a service that american airlines was offering so United Airlines said, you got to rename that attraction if we're going to sponsor the Tiki Room. So Disneyland said, okay, and they called it the Tomorrowland Jets. So that was from 1964 to 1966. And then from mm-hmm. 1967 to 1997, the rocket jets were located above the People Mover platform, which is similar to Magic Kingdom's setup today. And then in 1998, the Astro Orbitor, reopened at the entrance to Tomorrowland because it was too heavy to go on that platform Uh, what exists now on that platform is called the Observatron sculpture and it's made from the remnants of the rocket jets just kind of done up differently Um, and it's supposed to do things every 15 minutes but that platform is apparently where Disney attractions go to die uh, because it only works intermittently if at all
0: Yeah, I don't know that I've seen it do anything in a long time.
2: Yeah. And I was reading this on Wikipedia and I was like, oh yeah, that did used to
0: do a thing. It used to spin around. Yeah. And there was music. It was like a homing beacon for the aliens or something.
1: So clearly when they had to like refurbish it, it got too heavy to stay where it was, which only makes me question the one in Disney World more. (laughs) Right they're like it's too heavy to keep it up here let's move it down there yeah it's just
0: a thought there a lot of questions so there's not a lot of trivia for the magic kingdom version although i have a lot of questions now (laughs) Um, It was formerly known as the Star Jets. It became known as the Astro Orbiter in February of 1995. There's a big Tomorrowland refurbishment between 94 and 95, so that's when the name changed. The Star Jets used to look like space shuttles, and I was looking at a picture of them. They looked pretty cool. The location. Allie, tell us.
2: It is right at the entrance to Tomorrowland from the hub area. You literally cannot miss it.
0: Yep. Um, Magic Kingdom, it's on that platform right above the People Mover.
1: I feel and like it's a pretty view in Magic Kingdom when you walk in and I mean I actually do like it at Disneyland too. Like I said, that you can just see it better, but Yeah. Magic Kingdom I feel like it makes it all like a better ambiance of of tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I actually really like the the water on both sides of Tomorrowland and the bridge going in. I think we talked about this. I don't remember, Allie, if we talked about it when we were doing notes or if we talked about it on the episode, about how the hub of Magic Kingdom is an island and there's, like, water all around. So, like, the entries of Marland at Magic Kingdom is unique because there's water on both sides. But at Disneyland, they can't – they don't have that. It's just, you have know, the Astro Orbiter sitting right there and then grass on both sides, which is pretty in its own way. It kind of looks like a statue, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Walt called those focal points, he called them weenies to attract people in. Like it's a visual attraction to get people looking. It kind of reminds me of, um, oh gosh, what was it? The entrance of California Adventure, how it used to look with the mosaic on both sides and then Mm -hmm. had the sun in the background. Like I think that's the look they're kind of going for with like Buzz Lightyear on the left and Star Tours on the right and then a big sculpture in the middle. And the sculpture being Astro Orbiter. Well,
2: it's they just... did used to have mosaics up there on the Star Tours and the Buzz Lightyear building.
0: Yeah, the really cool Mary Blair yeah. uh, mosaic on the left, which supposedly they've just covered up. Supposedly, they haven't gotten rid of it.
2: Better not have gotten rid of it.
0: Right. Um yeah, it's just unfortunate that that whole section gets so clogged up with people. I just wish they could have maybe set the Astro Orbiter back a little bit or somehow made it work differently. But these Imagineers, man, you got to question what they're thinking sometimes. Okay, um, Q experience. Alley, at Disneyland. Yeah,
2: uh, it's outdoor, it's uncovered, and it just kind of zigzags around the ride.
0: Yeah, and then Magic Kingdom, it's the same thing. Outdoor, it's mostly covered. You go up in an elevator with other parties, which can be kind of awkward. Then you wait on this platform in, like, this little pen, which can also be kind of awkward. I usually wait in the back um, until it's your turn to ride. And then you go back down the elevator when you're done. And, again, it's really there's no music in the elevator. It's, like, dead quiet (laughs) with other parties. It's like a standard elevator. You're just standing there with other people.
2: How yeah. big is it?
0: It's, it's big. Yeah. but bigger no. than
2: Bigger than a normal elevator?
0: I would say it holds, what, like 10 people? Yeah, comfortably. Yeah, but they've got like two elevators side by side. So like 20-ish people go up at a time. And there's like a pen of people waiting there on the platform for your turn. Yeah.
2: But they do that pen type thing, you know, at Mad Tea Party too. And... At the carousel, they, you know, they count the the Mm -hmm. number of riders and say, all right, that's how many, you know, teacups, and everybody just hangs out in this pen, then Mm -hmm. they let them loose. It's the elevator part that's awkward.
1: Yeah. The elevator could be better. It literally is just an elevator. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. If they played music, I think it would be better. (laughs) It's just so awkward. But I like that, I don't know, the elevator being like... I like that the elevator is like red and looks like a cage on the outside. It reminds me of something you'd see getting onto a space shuttle. That's
1: what I think of when I see it. Mm -hmm. Did you guys ever went to Disney Quest when it was in Disney Springs or whatever it was called then? We did. Yes, Downtown Disney, did Pleasure Island. I don't know, Um, but their elevator was great. I think it was like the genie and you know the lights. There were like stars on the ceiling and it was like a little transition to you know, to upstairs. That's so cool. Yeah, they, they could really improve the awkward elevator, right?
0: <laughs> um, how many rockets are at Disneyland?
2: 12 of them. Uh, they can fit two people in them. There's a control lever in the front where you can go higher or lower. Um, and it's got like a silver, blue, red and gold color scheme. And there are zodiac symbols around the central structure thingy
0: yeah magic kingdom also 12 rockets two people each with a control lever it's similar color scheme but no gold and then there's planets all around i have a hard time reaching the control lever (laughs) i don't know maybe it's just me i can't reach it
2: (laughs) you have a big head and little tiny arms (laughs) like the t-rex from meet the
0: robinsons I don't know. I just can't reach it. Like I, I pulled the seatbelt
1: tight <laughs> that I'm like, oh, I can't reach it. It's probably your inner, your inner, uh, like safety telling you, no, no, no need to raise this. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm thinking that's what it is. I <laughs> will right.
2: say,
0: use your trunk hooter stretch. <laughs> wow. Captain <laughs> EO. Thanks Captain for that EO, one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The views from the rockets.
2: Uh Yeah, you can see the castle at Disneyland. You can see what remains of the people mover tracks. uh, The entrance to Star Tours, the Plaza Inn, the Hub, Buzz Lightyear, uh, Pixie Hollow. And then if you look the other way, you can see the uh, structure for the Astro Orbiter that you're spinning around.
0: Yeah, (laughs) at Magic Kingdom, since you're so up high, you can see outside the park, out to the Contemporary, the roof of the Carousel of Progress and other Tomorrowland buildings. You can see the castle. Planets as part of the astro orbiter structure. A lot of Tomorrowland. There's not really a story to either one of these. You just ride in a rocket. Yeah, just go to space. There's not really any music for yeah, either one. You,
2: you do get the spiel of like, pilots prepare for liftoff to make your rocket ship fly higher. Then they give you the instructions and they welcome you back and call you a pilot, and make you feel special.
0: I really like this feel, actually, because I don't recognize that guy's voice from any other attraction. I don't know. I, do, do they recognize his voice from anywhere? Do they often reuse voice actors? Yes. For, like, attraction yeah. cues? Yes. But his voice, he goes, pilots, prepare for liftoff. Like, I just don't, rec- I don't recognize his voice from anything. Okay, height requirements. You you said
2: none. But does that mean that you can bring your baby on this yes. ride?
0: They're yes. they there's no high requirements. Personally, I would not take my baby on either one of these.
2: That's, yeah, that seems a little bit dangerous. Like, I understand taking, like, a small child, but I wouldn't want to take, like, an infant on this ride.
0: Yeah, I took Felix when he was about one, and I said, it's going to be a while till I take him on this one again. Yeah, it was a frightening experience. I would wait until... They're a little older and can sit on their own confidently. Okay, status during
2: fireworks? Uh, Disneyland, it is open, and you can get a pretty good view some of the time when you're in the circle.
0: (laughs) Magic Kingdom, also open, and you get an excellent fireworks view while you're waiting on the platform and while you're on the ride. In fact, that's one of my favorite memories from Magic Kingdom. Status during the rain? Uh, Closed, unless it's light. Yep, same Magic Kingdom. And no lightning lane for either one. So that brings us to the showdown for this particular attraction, the Astro Orbiter and the Astro Orbitor. So which one of you wants to go first on this one? Are you team ER or are you team OR? (laughs) Or or, um, I'm gonna have Sarah go first on this one.
1: I am team ER, Magic Kingdom, Astro Orbiter. All right. What are your what are your reasonings for this I'm one? I'm liking the thrill factor. Even now, you know, the double added thrill factor of actual possible death. You no. Know? <laughs> 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 but no, I do think it's just ah, uh, it's better views, more thrilling. I like it. Okay, Allie.
2: Okay. Um, I don't like either one to be honest. And the thought of the Magic Kingdom one really scares me. But I think I will say magic kingdom because it does not block the flow of traffic in and out of the Uh the, the land. (laughs) It's much better placed.
0: So it's not that magic kingdom is necessarily better. It's that it's less worse than Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Look, I don't, I'm not a fan of this ride magic kingdom one scares me, but it is in a significantly better location.
0: Okay. Okay. It's going to be a clean sweep for Magic Kingdom. Yeah, I'm honestly scared of Magic Kingdom. I think it's the scariest ride at Magic Kingdom, and that's not an exaggeration for me. Every time time I'm on it, I hear the creaking, and I feel the creaking, and I'm like, I should not be on this ride. I'm going to die. I should have said goodbye to my children and hugged them (laughs) a little tighter before I got on this ride. Wow um but yeah it is it's a it's a fun ride and i like that it's up on the platform and it's not too heavy to be on the platform (laughs) apparently supposedly (laughs) and there's and there's not like an homage to dead attractions on the platform it's an actual ride on the platform it's not like clogging up a walkway like disneyland's is um and also i don't like the gold color of disneyland's ride like the gold color is a holdover from when they thought that all of Tomorrowland and Disneyland needed to be redone in that ugly gold color, including
1: Space Mountain painted that ugly gold color. So to me, it's like it's, I don't it's find just... the gold color if they did it like Disneyland Paris, which I haven't been in person, but from the pictures I've seen, like if if you can do it right. But I do agree that it just if the whole land isn't, and you can't no, don't mess with Space Mountain. But yeah, if you you know if you can't do it all, then don't just do. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was.
0: That's like the final holdover from like the 1998 remodel of of Disneyland Tomorrowland. And it's just mm, it does not look good. But yeah, I think uh, Magic Kingdoms fits in better with the whole vibe of the land. That's for sure all right let's move on to our final tomorrowland attraction of the evening the people mover slash the rocket rods which are both dead at disneyland um so let's talk about our favorite things about the dead attractions at, at disneyland as we reminisce on attractions that once were um ali tell me about your favorite things about these old attractions that no longer exist
2: so i know i rode the people mover Um, However, I was not yet four years old when it closed, so I think you'll forgive me for not having any coherent memories of it. I watched a ride-through, and I really liked the World of Tron section, which I know was not always there, but I liked that it made you feel like you were actually in Tron, and I feel like that was pretty innovative for the time. Um, And I also liked the views of the Matterhorn, and the gaping hole in the Matterhorn for the uh, Skyliner. (laughs) and then for rocket rods i i know we went on it um i don't remember a lot about riding it but i remember having so much fun riding it
0: yeah it was a really fun ride sarah what about you
1: so yeah i also don't remember riding it um or and i wonder if we watched the same uh (laughs) the ride through video because i totally loved the tron part and it just was like there's yeah I felt like it was a fun little added you know it made you feel like you were going faster than you were and um, just a fun little uh, you know, added to added part to the ride but yeah but the views again were very pretty and yeah the Matterhorn view and just you know I love the people mover just for the fact that you can people watch <laughs> while on the people mover so yeah.
0: yeah for me I like that the people mover is relaxing and I also think that Disneyland, Particularly was a really good example of kinetic energy in a land being used really well. Um, you know, during that time that people mover was around, the skyway buckets were still around. So you had the skyway, the people mover, the Matterhorn, um, Autopia, and the submarines and the monorail all going, and that's like visual eye candy, and you could see all that moving at the same time, and that's a really cool representation of different types of transportation all going at once. And I think that's perfectly thematically on theme for Tomorrowland. And I don't think we really see that in a lot of lands anymore in the Disney parks. I think the best example nowadays is probably over in California Adventure in the um, kind of near the pier area where you get the Ferris wheel going and the Golden Zephyr going around um, and the jumping jellyfish going up and down and the swings going around, I think that's probably the closest thing we get to that. So I think um, having all that movement and the people mover playing a part in that was a, was a big thing. And I, I really liked that that was around. And then for the rocket rods, I agree with Ali. It was a really fun ride. I, we had a lot of fun on that one. And I also really liked the queue. The queue really stood out to me. It was... <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember the queue at all, but the queue is a lot of fun. There just a lot of really cool things to see in the queue. Yeah, you so, went
2: deep on that people mover. That took me to a like second level that I hadn't <laughs> even thought
0: about. <laughs> I really like the people mover at Disneyland, okay? Let's move over to Magic Kingdom. Favorite thing about... It's called the Tomorrowland Transit Authority people mover. It has a very long name at Magic Kingdom. Um, so at Magic Kingdom, your favorite thing, Allie? Uh, so the queue is generally pretty short, at least in my experience
2: of the like three times that I've been on it at Magic that's Kingdom. That's it?
0: Just three times?
2: I think so. Look, CJ, CJ, I can count on one hand the number of times I've been to Magic Kingdom in the last five years, okay? Okay, okay. okay. And that's not everything that I like about it either. Um, it's peaceful and I like looking at all the little people down below you.
1: <laughs> okay, Sarah yeah so it is actually one of my favorite rides at in disney world at all like period like the last time i went i you know was totally snuck my joffrey's coffee on and <laughs> uh, and asked to go around twice and oh nice and it was yeah, i was by myself and i was like this is great um and i love the homage to epcot and their um waltz like progress city and the mm-hmm. you know beginning of of that kind of idea of what is a good like you know transportation and a city where everything can kind of flow and work together so yeah yeah it's there and I you know it's kind of a little hidden gem
0: yes yes the progress city model is one of my favorite things about it as well and I've been really disappointed the last couple times I've been on it because you know at the top it has that like text that's reflected that says like it's a great machine, like working for you or something like that. That has not been working. So I've been sad that that little quote has not been lit up above Progress City because that's like so inspiring. And I really like that quote. So yeah, besides Progress City, I like that it's a place to put your feet up. I like going through Space Mountain. I love the speed ramps. I love that my son loves it so much. If we don't go on it first thing, He's not a happy boy, so <laughs> that's, like, ride number one that we go on at Magic Kingdom every single time we're there. So, yeah, lots lots of good memories on the People Mover at both parks. Okay, opening date. Allie, you've got two sets of opening dates for us. Take and two sets of closing dates. I know. Rest in peace. The People Mover was open
2: from July 2nd, 1967 to August 21st, 1995. The Rocket Rods were open from May 22nd, 1998 to September 25th, 2000. They originally said, "Oh, it's just closed for refurbishment," and then the permanent closure was announced April 27th, 2001. It never reopened after that September 2000 date. Blah, blah, blah. And it actually about a month after opening, it it did close for like 3 months.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was worried about the Magic Kingdom one after COVID. It took forever. Oh, I know. I was
0: worried, too, because wasn't it closed before
1: the parks? I think it was before the parks even. I don't know.
0: We were there the end of January, and it was open. But I think it went down, like, right before the parks closed. I don't remember. But you're right. It was closed for a long time after the parks reopened and everyone was like, when's the People Mover coming back? Yeah, I was worried, too. It was scary. If that didn't reopen, I would have (laughs) rioted. Okay, Magic Kingdom opened um, the People Mover July 1st, 1975. It was known as the Wedway People Mover back then. Of course, W.E.D. was Walter Elias Disney. um, And that was the original name for Walt Disney Imagineering.
2: So I have some not fun facts about the people mover. Uh, There were actually two people who were killed at Disneyland as a result of jumping between the people mover cars. This is why it's very important when they tell you to remain seated at all times that you listen to them. Another person broke several bones uh, falling from the track, Uh, but Hey, they got their Mickey ears back. The Mickey ears had fallen off and they jumped off to get it. And then they fell. Wow. Yeah. So now for some actual fun facts. Um, In 1996, after the People Mover closed, there were Toy Story characters that sat on the tracks as part of the promotion for the Toy Story Funhouse attraction.
0: I remember that.
2: I think I do, but it's very faint. There used to be retired People Mover cars located outside of Team Disney Anaheim.
0: I think... Okay. Teen Disney Anaheim is that green building yes. off the five freeway. And there's a little cafeteria out there backstage behind Toontown, which is behind Teen Disney Anaheim. And there's a cafe called the Eat Ticket. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure there's a people mover car in that building. Like I'm pretty sure in the Eat Ticket, there's a people mover car in there because I remember eating lunch in there one day and I was like, oh, there's so much stuff in here that I want to take pictures of, but I don't think I can.
2: (laughs) Anywho, go on. The checkout counters of Little Green Men Store Command were built to resemble people mover cars.
0: Oh, there's some other thing in there too. There's a, like a plushie display that has an old Astro Orbiter rocket. Cool. It's vertical in the corner.
2: All right. And then there's like, homages to the people mover in let me see here in wally and also it's featured in disney epic mickey in tomorrow city
0: i'm going to have to replay the whole game yeah you are and <laughs> i do it. have
2: i have a quick little fun fact about the rocket rods there was a map in the queue that had um proposed rocket rod expansion locations <laughs> including john wayne <laughs> airport and the theme of the Rocket Rods ride was, in the world of creativity, there's no end to the possibilities.
0: I'm not sure that I have any thoughts on that. <laughs> <laughs> just, just soak so, it in.
1: Someone was in, enjoying their job that day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it imagine? almost rhymes. the world of creativity, there's no end to the <laughs> possibilities. They tried.
2: They tried. Gold star. A for effort.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, the theme tonight is I don't have as many fun facts as you, so I'm going to continue that theme. It was originally called the Wedway People Mover. During that 1994-ish refurbishment, and became the Trans- Tomorrowland Transit Authority. And then they added the word People Mover in 2010. So now it's the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. So the location, Alley.
2: It's in Tomorrowland. Um, and the boarding platform was... Across from the Interventions building, slash Carousel of Progress building, slash Star Wars Launch Bay building, depending on what era <laughs> of Disneyland you are in. Yeah. What's there today in the boarding area? In the boarding area? Yeah. Isn't what, it, what's going on? Isn't it the Observatron? Or <laughs> that's above it, isn't it? I Probably some duck nests? I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. I guess I, nothing. Yeah. I, I mean like down below. Cause down below they used to have the radio station for Mark oh, and Zippy. Yeah, Just um, playing Mark and Zippy from radio Disney.
2: <laughs> We're all ears.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. they have that little gift shop.
2: Yeah. I want to say it's a gift shop for primarily for like Mickey ears or maybe it's
0: pin trading. I'm not sure. I've seen them sell star Wars stuff, Nemo stuff. Whatever the new hotness of the day is. Yeah. But, yeah, it's kind of a dud of a building. I mean, it's a big building because it's vertical. So they've got the Observatron, which doesn't spin anymore. Rip. <laughs> Some mysterious homing beacon that doesn't do anything. They've got a boarding platform, which is maybe home to Duckness. And then they've got a gift shop, which rotates out whatever hot item is in. So two-thirds of the building is not being used, basically. <laughs> Yeah, so Tomorrowland uh, at Magic Kingdom as well. It's in a similar spot at Disneyland. It boards uh, as Disneyland. It boards across from the Carousel Progress, like basically right next to where the Astro Orbiter queue is.
2: Yeah, you got to be careful to double check which queue you're getting into.
0: Did you? Do you have a story there? You kind of look like you do.
2: No, we we did not almost get into the Astro Orbiter queue.
1: We read the signs. Okay. I mean, but I could just see if you didn't know and you didn't read the signs, you get easily confused. And then you're like, "Why are we up this high? <laughs> yeah, why? Why am I in this elevator with all these people? <laughs> Where am I going?
0: Alternatively, the- what are
2: these cars? I thought I was getting on the rockets. Yeah,
0: right. Why is this rocket creaking? <laughs> okay, um, the cue experience. Ally, you have two cues to tell us about. You
2: did the notes for the People Mover queue, so if there are any factual errors, it's on you. Uh, you take the speed ramps up to the loading platform for the People Mover, and it's it was similar to the way Magic Kingdom is today. Yep. For the Rocket Rods, you would enter in what is now the Buzz Light you're building. Um, there would be some blueprints for ride vehicles and some actual ride vehicles painted in black light paint. This is for Rocket Rods. So some of those ride vehicles included. Um, one of the front cars of the monorail, and some people-mover cars as well. You would then enter the old Circle Vision Room, where you would see some video footage playing different transportation modes throughout history. You would go briefly underground, then head upstairs to the boarding platform.
0: And that is why I liked the queue so much. There are so many cool things to see. Yeah. And it was indoors in the air conditioning. It was. I remember it being ice cold in there. That's a very distinct memory in my brain. But the underground portion, where you go like underneath, that is one of the very, very few underground areas in Disneyland. There's not that many underground portions. I mean, you know, Magic Kingdom has like utilidors all over the place. Mm-hmm. Disneyland really does not have that. There's a small section kind of back by Space Mountain area. There's. <laughs> There's a, there's a tunnel called the Time Tunnel where <laughs> when I was a cast member and I was switching roles, but I had already been trained on a lot of it. So I spent two days of my mandatory training wandering around <laughs> with my trainer because I already knew everything. Um, we went to visit the Time Tunnel and it's like a there's like a museum of all this old stuff from Disneyland history. So that's like where the Time Tunnel is back over by Space Mountain. But this other underground area was part of the... The queue for Rocket Rods, and from what I've heard, you know how there's that stage over by the Tomorrowland Terrace Restaurant that like rises up from underground at night.
2: Yes, I where was the- drinking water. I, I couldn't respond, but yes, I do know what you're talking about. It's
0: like where the that's-, <laughs> that's like where the bands play at night, and that's where the Jedi Training Academy yeah, show that's is. Where Darth
2: Vader comes out.
0: Yep. So that underground portion of the queue, from what I understand. That is where like the performers set up for that stage. So fun fact. That is what I've heard. They're mini Utilidor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very small. And that's like basically the only part of the park. So only in Smartland underground. Okay, so the Magic Kingdom, people mover queue outside. It's like partially covered by like the platform and the people mover trucks. If it's a long line, you might be standing in the sun for a little bit, then you head up the speed ramps to the boarding platform. Okay, the ride vehicle design.
2: For the people mover at Disneyland, originally they were red or teal-ish. The the website I read listed it as green, but I looked at a picture and they looked more teal to me. Uh, Yellow or blue, and they had white roofs Uh, From 1987 to closing, they were white with a stripe of color around the bottom. There were four vehicles per car and a capacity of four riders per car. So you could get 16 people going in the same, like, train, basically.
0: And then Rocket Rods.
2: Rocket Rods seated five. So you had three singles in a line and a double in the back
0: row. Magic Kingdom people mover vehicles. There's five cars per vehicle blue vehicles the benches face each other you can see two adults on the bench and then you can have like one or two small kids on the lap on your lap or one small kid between them the entire route is covered as opposed to magic kingdom each car has a roof the route is you mean at, you mean at disneyland sorry each at car disneyland. Has a roof. yeah each car has a roof um okay so what do you see on the route all right so when you
2: board you head towards main street at disneyland You go past Star Tours, make a left towards the Plaza Inn before entering the Star Tours ride building, getting a glimpse of the queue and hearing C-3PO and R2-D2 interact in the queue. You would pass Star Traders and have a view of that and then enter Space Mountain. You would pass through a tunnel that later had the World of Tron added into it behind the Innoventions, Star Wars Launch Bay, Carousel of Progress, etc. building. You pass above Autopia underneath the monorail tracks. You could way in the background see it's a small world. You could see the Matterhorn, the Skyway, Space Mountain, submarines, the monorail, and see Tomorrowland. Uh, You would go into the Circle Vision Theater and back out roughly above where Pixie Hollow is and turn a left towards the station. And you'd pass the Mary Blair mural that we mentioned earlier. And the Rocket Rod track was pretty much the same, just the uh, views were slightly different because there was no skyway and no circle vision.
0: Yep. Magic Kingdom, you head towards Stitch's Great Escape Building, and then um, that's in the direction of Main Street. You get a view of the Astro Orbiter, a good view of the castle, and then you whip into your first building where you see that Progress City model and a view of some robots and a view of Star Traders and then you get a view of Tomorrowland Speedway, the Tron construction, and then you head into Space Mountain. And then after you go into Space Mountain, you come back outside where you see Tron construction again, the Speedway, Astro Orbiter. You pass by the Tomorrowland bathrooms and the Carousel Progress building before heading into the Buzz Lightyear building. You get a scene of a futuristic woman getting her hair done. And by the way, one time at the D23 Expo, I saw somebody cosplaying as that woman. (laughs) And I was like, I wonder if anybody knows who that is, because I do. And that's a really, like, Mm -hmm. particular person to be. (laughs) Deep cut, man. Yeah. And then you look down onto the Buzz Lightyear ride, and then you head outside. You get one last glimpse of the castle before heading past Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor and back towards the load zone. And there's not really any story or theme to either one of these. You just ride around the land on futuristic transportation.
2: Rocket Was- rods kind of had a little bit of a drag racing thing going on for at least for the launch. They would do like a the little like countdown lights before like giving you a go buzzer um and for a while the cars did a wheelie when they launched as well. I
0: remember that. It was cool. It was cool. Okay, is there any music on the ride?
2: At Disneyland's People Mover there was music and narration throughout. The Rocket Rods had a Sherman Brothers song called World of Creativity Magic Highways of Tomorrow which used to be the song Detroit from the movie The Happiest Millionaire, which I do not recommend. It's extremely boring. (laughs) The Rocket Rods also had a version of Born to be Wild, and both of these songs were arranged and performed by former Oingo Boingo member Steve Bartek. I'm going to have to look that up and listen to it. Which one? The Born to be Wild or the World of Creativity Magic
0: Highways of Tomorrow, a.k.a. Detroit? (laughs) Both. I'm going to see if I can find that Rocket Rods song, too so magic kingdom you hear like music from tomorrowland and there's audio narration from what you're seeing and some stuff like paging mr morrow mr tom morrow and then you hear like calling all space rangers there's like buzz light air stuff going on there's no height requirements for people mover for either park if you don't want to ride you can watch it from wherever but you can't really see the people on the ride you can just watch it go by
2: Rocket Rods did have a 40-inch height requirement.
0: And status during the fireworks?
2: Open, open, open. Yep. Unless it was Rocket Rods, in which case it was probably closed because it was having a technical error. Yep.
0: And <laughs> status
2: during the rain? We don't know for Disneyland. We couldn't find historical references for either people mover or rocket rods, but let's be real rocket rods was probably closed because somebody could hiccup and rocket rods would close.
0: (laughs) And magic kingdom is open during the rain. Lightning lane magic kingdom is no. So
2: this is an interesting question for Disneyland. Obviously the people mover and the fast pass did not have overlapping years because fast pass started in 1999 now, Rocket Rods opened in 1998, and I found one article that complaining about Rocket Rods. It was written more recently. It was not written when Rocket Rods was open, but it did mention that Rocket Rods had waits of 75 to 120 minutes without Fast Pass, so that implies that Rocket Rods did have Fast Pass. I don't remember. If you do, let us know on the socials or via email. We'll drop all that information in a few minutes. The other fun fact here is that Rocket Rods was the first ride to have a single rider line.
0: I don't think it had Fast Pass. I really don't think it did.
2: I I couldn't find... I can neither confirm nor deny the presence of a FastPass line at the Rocket Rods.
0: I don't think it did, because I feel like I would have heard about it somewhere, but I haven't heard it. But I have heard about the single rider thing, so... Okay, for this one on the showdown, because... People mover and rocker odds don't exist anymore. We're gonna do different questions. We're first gonna do Disneyland People Mover versus Walt Disney World people mover. Assuming the people mover at Disneyland were still around today. Which one do we think is better? We've watched the ride through. Sarah, I'm gonna start with you.
1: Oh, I mean it's hard because I kind of love the classic Disneyland people mover carts with the white I know they're so like retro and cute yes um but I also just love the Walt Disney World people mover I you know so I gotta go with my classic my favorite Walt Disney World this question is terrible I know
2: I think that I will say Disneyland because the outdoor experiences are more Engaging and interesting than Magic Kingdom's outdoor experiences on the People Mover. There's more to look at, like in terms of, you know, the Matterhorn, the Skyway when it existed, the Autopia. There's, I think, that section of it makes it the more interesting outdoors.
0: That's a very interesting
1: point.
2: Is Did I just make you rethink yours,
1: CJ? Mm Mm-hmm. You made me rethink mine a little.
2: Oh. Oh no. See, okay, I do think I do think Magic yeah, Kingdom it, has the more interesting
0: inside. But yeah, cause Disneyland Disney is more has, interesting outside. <laughs> that's a good point, because Disneyland I feel like was pretty dark inside. Well, no, because it goes through the circle vision, it goes through Star Tours and you've got the narration, goes through the Tron Tr- tron tunnel. And it goes through Space Mountain, and the video is dark. But assuming we were there in person, you could probably yeah. see stuff.
2: And this is video quality from the 90s at best. So it was not great quality right. video. It was probably much better in person versus on YouTube.
0: Okay. So, okay. The one thing that's like getting me is the Progress City model because People Mover was like such a Walt thing, and he wanted that to be part of Epcot, the city, not Epcot, the theme park. And so to have that progress city model and have the people mover go right by it, that's like, you know, that's, mm, that's such a Walt thing, you know, Arrgh. but you're right to have more things to look at.
1: Why do you I do this that view of the Matterhorn? I, but I, I mean, I'm going to still stick with my 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 Walt Disney World, even though, even though that's, that's hard. That's fair. You guys are making me break
0: the tie.
1: Oh, I wasn't even trying to make you do that, but yes.
0: Oh, crap. What do I do? CJ, we have this problem literally every time we record. Okay. And then the other thing I'm thinking about is the roof on the attraction vehicles. (laughs) Because, okay, Magic Kingdom has a roof on the whole thing. Yeah. And Disneyland just has roofs on the cars. And Mm -hmm. so what I'm thinking about is. The roof on the track goes further than the roof on the car. So if the sun is at just the right angle, your biscuits could be burning on the Disneyland one. (laughs) Ah! Oh, this is so hard. The hardest one. It's
2: crazy that we're talking about an attraction that does exist versus an attraction that no longer exists. And you are having trouble.
1: We all did, frankly. I mean, to be honest, if it was all three, Rocket Rods was getting up there as you guys were describing more about it. I was like, oh, that sounds fun. It was
0: fun. It was a lot of fun. Okay, I have reached a conclusion. I have reached a conclusion. There's one factor that pushes this one over the other one. And you guys are going to be like, that came out of left field. Okay.
1: I'm here for it.
0: Disneyland. And we actually didn't talk about this. It's the fact that the track at Disneyland is not just flat there are some hills in there.
2: That's right. You get some you get some uphills and downhills and some banked mm-hmm. turns.
1: A little well, bit.
0: I wouldn't say banked turns but like Slightly. sharper sharper <laughs> turns than at Magic Kingdom. So the track itself is a little bit more interesting than Magic Kingdom. But this was like really 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 close. This is Hands down, the closest head-to-head that we've ever had. (laughs) That was was really close. That was really hard. You guys made me break the tie, that wasn't nice. (laughs) Okay, so now the next question: They replaced People Mover at Disneyland with Rocket Rods, and I think the concept of having a fast-moving ride over Tomorrowland is a very cool concept, you know. And it's it didn't work a lot of the time. It had a lot of problems. It broke down a lot, and Mm I think they wanted to fix it you know this closure that started in what 2000 it was that it closed Mm -hmm. down it was meant to be a temporary closure they and it wasn't announced until 2001 that it was a permanent closure
2: it was more Uh, than six months later
0: yeah so I think they really wanted to bring it back so the next question here is like a fast-moving ride over Tomorrowland assuming it works is that better or worse than a slow-moving ride over Tomorrowland? Like, do you prefer a fast-moving ride over Tomorrowland or a relaxing slow-moving ride over Tomorrowland? And this is just in general. It doesn't have to be, like, specifically about Disneyland or Magic Kingdom. Um, So, Sarah, fast-moving ride over Tomorrowland, assuming it works, or slow-moving
1: ride over Tomorrowland? I guess... mm, Tomorrowland, in my mind, at Disneyland... And is that where we're thinking of, or are we thinking of both? Because at it's Disneyland, either one. You've got Star Tours, you've got some kind of fun, thrilling rides. You don't necessarily need one, but mm-hmm. I also do feel like, in a weird way, the People Mover, although it is Walt's vision, it isn't really serving the purpose of Walt's vision. It's just taking you in a loop, and then, you know, whereas mm-hmm. fine, like, but if the Rocket Rods was like, you know, you're on a spaceship that's space themed, so I do feel like it's a little more unthemed. But, um, yeah, so I guess I'd say faster moving ride.
0: That's an interesting point about it not really serving Walt's vision because you're just going on a loop. I wonder if they, like, built stations around the park or around the land.
1: Hmm. Allie, it dropped you off at the Speedway, like, because Speedway is great a fantasy, so I don't know. I like that idea. I wonder if they can make
0: that work somehow. I would love to see that at, like, Epcot. I feel like that would
1: work thematically at Epcot really, really well. Especially when, yeah, you realize that walking all the way around the World Showcase... It's, <laughs> it's kind of, tiring. Yeah, and you put yourself in that situation. And you're like, well, we're here, and the boats are done, and... <laughs> <laughs> and Harmonious is in the way, so they can't run the boats anymore, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and I feel like the People Movers a ride that, like, pretty consistently works. It's not like it's not really inaccessible to anybody and they can even keep it like ground level they don't have to raise it up you know and to your point about
2: epcot it doesn't there doesn't even have to be a stop at every country it could be like every three countries because yeah they're close enough together that you can
1: yes. walk
2: between them i think yeah. i think if there was a stop at every pavilion it would be dreadful but having it like Every couple of pavilions, I think that would be a good
0: implementation of People Mover at Epcot. Yeah. Yeah. So your vote is for fast moving ride over tomorrowland, assuming they could figure something out here. Yeah. Allie, what say you? Conditionally
2: fast moving ride over tomorrowland. So here's my condition and also here's here's some of my reasoning. Deflect some of the crowds from Space Mountain. Make mm-hmm. that make that queue shorter. Both queues will be shorter, frankly, if there's two draws there. And yeah, that's that's that for the space or for the fast moving. The condition is that the skyway has to come back. How come? To fill in the gap of the peaceful transit ride.
0: Oh, so you want you still want to have some sort of mode of transit, basically. Yeah,
2: a peaceful elevated transit ride.
0: Would you go on it? Because you're scared of heights. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you still want it available. But it would be so yeah, cool to watch.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's cool to watch. I think I would go on it once because you gotta.
0: Mm, um, hang on, hang on. That's, that's I had
2: I never this. went on at at California Adventure. Okay.
0: Um, oh, I have this on recording. You would go on a hypothetical <laughs> Skyliner through a theme park once and yet you have not been on the Skyliner at Walt Disney World a okay. real thing.
2: okay so I've only been to the to Walt Disney World like once or twice since the Skyliner opened so you have to give me that
1: I, I think you've been on like... the Skyliner just because it never was an opportune transportation for me but now I mean I, I want to but I haven't it hasn't been on and maybe because <sighs> I haven't factored it in but yeah I've I've also been to Disney like Three times and have yet to ride the Skyliner. So yeah. You people. CJ,
2: when when did the Skyliner open at Disney World, CJ? The the new one.
0: Like 2018, 2019?
2: Okay, so twenty we'll, twenty. We'll be generous and say it opened in 2018. Now, the times I have been to Disney World since 2018. 2018, 2021, 2022. So that's three times total. And then even then one of those trips was one park day
0: i'm giving you the stink eye but if it was epcot (laughs) i'm just saying i have it on recording that you would go on a hypothetical skyway system through a theme park one time through disneyland
2: hey okay okay you're giving me that look again um you know the the ski lift at the orange county fair i've been on that
0: Yeah, that's way more scary than the skylighter at Disney. Trust me, I would not go on the Orange (laughs) County Fairground ski lift.
2: For for those of you who aren't Orange County people in Southern California who haven't been to the fair, it's basically, it's like a ski lift. It's, you know, you get four in a row and the bar comes down. It's worse than the one at Blizzard Beach. (laughs) It takes you from one end of the fairgrounds to the other. It's that's, metal, that's it. and there's a single metal bar
0: across your lap. It gets really hot in the summer, too, which is when the fair is open. And it stops it's, yeah. and it's close to the beach, so it's windy every now and then. No, that's a no go for me. The Skyliner, though, you got to try that one. All right, is- but that's the, let's
2: get back to Tomorrowland. That's my fast moving ride as long as the Skyway was open at Disneyland.
0: Okay. My thing is, I think there needs to be a slow moving ride over Tomorrowland. <laughs> I'm voting for slow moving ride over Tomorrowland because I think every land needs a slow moving ride somewhere in the park. Buzz Lightyear. <laughs>
2: it's
1: a it slow moving ride. Okay.
2: I think. <laughs> okay. What could make an argument that Star Tours doesn't move at all, but it is still a thrill <laughs> no, ride? No, I
1: think Star Tours is a fa I mean, could could be would be considered more thrilling but yeah it is definitely is a thrill ride but... it just doesn't move <laughs>
0: yeah yes i think there, okay i think there needs to be a slow moving outdoor ride
2: the astro orbiter is outdoors no we
0: have <laughs> we have established that, that is the most thrilling ride in tomorrow land we've established that i just think there needs to be something that the entire family can enjoy together and i feel like some kids make progress it. could be uh,
2: more of a show than a ride you're
1: right it's not a ride my kid won't sit through that one anymore unfortunately it's just too long to be honest I don't like to sit through it anymore
0: <sighs> I have just... to be in the right mood yeah yes
2: hey I took a nap in it last time I was there it was great
0: <laughs> and lately I feel like the air conditioning just has not been working in there it's been hot man not not fun That's
1: not a good combination <laughs> no.
0: No. And the last time I was on it, somebody got up and left partway through the show. So we had to watch the same scene a second time. Oh, my. We, yeah, we were not happy. And it was the last scene and we were almost done. And I was like, are you kidding? We're almost done. You just oh. had to sit there for like four more minutes. We've been <laughs> done. Can you not sit there? Okay, final question. This is Disneyland specific. Was the people mover worth getting rid of for the rocket rods? And this is a hard question because, you know, in the Disneyland community, there's a loud, huge coalition of people. Bring back the people mover. I don't know how many times they've circulated a petition, you know, the change.org petitions. Bring back the people mover. I mean, there's structural issues with the track thanks to the people or thanks to the rocket rods, you know, putting Uh, stress upon the track. There's the OSHA regulations have changed to where significant changes would have to be made to the way the ride is run. That would make it really difficult to bring it back. Like there's just a lot of issues that have happened that would make it really hard to bring it back. So like, was the people mover worth getting rid of for the rocket rod? Like, was it was it worth it i guess should they have ever brought around the rock rods the rock rods was a fun ride but
1: was it worth it when you describe it that way as the rocket rods tested the integrity of the people mover track and then ultimately i feel like being the demise of the ride i would say no it's not worth getting rid of the people mover if they could have just still had the people mover yeah although it seemed like a, a valiant effort like it rocket rod seemed really cool and I was totally like oh that theme and like I like the countdown and yeah but
0: yeah I just have to look back and wonder like what did we gain from Mm -hmm. it and we gained like a track that's sitting up there not giving us anything gives you shade it gives shade (laughs) (laughs) it's like it was part of that remodel in 1998 ish that removed the astro orbiter and brought it to the front of the land and can't be put back to where it was because now the observatron's up there and the whole thing is too heavy like it just ruined crowd flow and tomorrowland it ruins the visual look i guess we've got tracks that now are just sitting there and won't be removed I've heard some things about how like the track is part of like the structure of certain parts of Tomorrowland and how can they like remove that? So we've literally just got tracks just sitting around and they can't do anything. So Allie, what are your thoughts?
2: I'm wondering if the rocket rods never existed, would the people movers
0: still be open today? I think they probably I think they probably would because I feel like I don't and Allie, I don't know, maybe you can Correct me if I'm wrong. When we were kids, it didn't seem like it was cool to be into Disney like it is now.
2: Yeah, I feel like the explosion of the internet, for lack of a better word, has made it more open for people to be, you know, about what they're about.
0: Yeah, and I think along with that, there has been an advent of, like, a recognition on the fans part and the company's part of like, oh, the fans really like these classic things, and we need to preserve these classic things and maybe not touch them or change them or get rid of them. So I think had they not done the rocket rods and had it made it to a certain year or a certain point, like a certain time in history, I guess, I don't want to call the recent years history, but I think had they made it to a certain point of time, they would still be around. Does that make sense?
1: yeah yeah and it, even with the the question before which is like is faster and I was like yeah faster and so I could totally see the mindset of let's turn this into a faster ride but without the thought of what will make it be a lasting ride or more classic or whatever I mean yeah the Skyway in Disneyland I kind of see that might be hard to keep but
0: <laughs> yeah yeah there were problems there were pro- there were safety problems with the Skyway people were like jumping into trees and They're like trash. Yeah, (laughs) that was that was doomed (laughs) to go away eventually. Yeah, Yeah, I just I think today's Disney fans are a lot different than the Disney fans in the mid '90s when things were changing. You know, so I think had it made it to a certain point, I think it would still be there, and I think it would have been grandfathered in under old OSHA rules. You know, and the rules maybe would not apply because of the grandfathering Mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunate. I think a lot of people today would like to see the people movers still there. You know, it's it's sad to walk around and see empty tracks. And what do they do from it? They hang banners from it to promote like season of the force and <laughs> and stuff like that. They're their promotions that they randomly have and, and know that like their hands are tied. They can't really do anything with it
2: hindsight is 2020 and we know that the rocket we know now that the rocket rods were doomed but we didn't necessarily know that when it opened so it seemed like a good idea at the time mm-hmm. but in hindsight i don't think it was worth it i think the idea of having another high-speed ride in tomorrowland was a good idea but you couldn't have known that it yeah. wasn't going to be worth it
0: yeah and i think if disneyland had the land today they would absolutely put a high-speed ride in tomorrowland the second one yeah Yeah. And I think they're running into kind of the problem that I was touching on is that today's fans are so nostalgic. Today's Disneyland fans specifically are so so nostalgic. They don't want to see 1955 Autopia go away. They don't want to see 1959 submarines go away. They don't want to see 1959 Monorail go away. Like they don't want those things to go away because they're historic rides they're classic rides they're walt disney specifically he touched those rides they don't he, they don't want those rides to go away even the interventions building even though they're not doing anything really with that right now like that was the original carousel of progress building they do not want that to go away you know so like and that's such a small space anyways what would they do they can't really do anything with that without getting rid of like Autopia. They're not gonna get rid of Space Mountain, which is right next door. Like they're not they're not gonna touch that. Um, so the only other option is Autopia. But again, that's opening day, 1955 attraction. They're not gonna get rid of that. Fans would absolutely riot at this point if they got rid of Autopia. Yeah. And then Autopia and the submarines, the monorail, they're so on top of each other. They can't get rid of one without getting rid of all three. They're they're completely stuck over there and I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't know what they can do. (sighs) Tomorrowland, such a mess well does anyone
1: what they come up with though but you're right i don't really see much that they can do
0: yeah i just man it's it's a it's a hard problem to solve you know i think everyone's hope kind of lies in this disneyland forward project that was announced and hopefully they can do something with that hopefully maybe we'll see um, does anyone have any other thoughts on People Mover or Astro Orbiter, Orbitor, or <laughs>
1: or the car rides? Well, I have to say, I had one. I brought my boyfriend for the first time to Disney, and we were riding Space Mountain, and I was so excited. And the People Mover was down, and so therefore Space Mountain had like a slight light from oh. the People Mover light being on, which I was like, it's cool for me, but for your first time riding Space Mountain, when there's like a hint of light. He just was like, "Oh, that was, that was a cool ride." And I was like, "No, it's so much cooler when it's pitch black." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is a
0: lot cooler when it's completely dark.
1: And he was like, "Is that that's your that's your other favorite ride?" Right? I was like, "Yes, it is." don't like, on it now because it's broken. But <laughs> oh. yeah,
0: when I was a cast member, I got to do Space Mountain at Disneyland with the lights on for a special event, and I kind of found that a little bit more thrilling because everything was so close together you don't realize how close it is and i was like
1: whoa
0: it's so close that's
1: true that would be definitely oh that'd be cool yeah also
0: you
2: don't realize how dirty that building yeah. is. i was evac from space mountain once and i was just like oh that dust bunny is the size of my fist
1: they're like we don't need to clean we just turn the lights off <laughs> yeah <laughs> everything's fine.
2: It's fine if you can't see the dust you don't need to clean it right it's space <laughs>
0: <dust>. <laughs> It's part of the theming. <laughs> well, that was an interesting um, discussion. So thank you for joining us as we discussed Tomorrowland classic attractions. So let us know what you think you can find us on Instagram and supposedly on Twitter at park to park pod with the number two. You can email us with questions, feedback and more at park at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts Next time, Allie, what are we talking about? Next time,
2: I need to pull up the Google Doc. Uh, next time, it's a new frontier. We're going to talk about the Rivers of America. We're going to talk about Tom Sawyer Island and Pirate's Lair and the Frontierland Shooting Exposition. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. And Sarah, uh, thank you so much for oh, joining yeah, us.
0: <laughs> wow, I CJ. Being that. so rude to our guest. No? I, was, I was looking at the Google Doc. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not really at all. Sarah is there any like social media that you would like us to plug for you or that I, you would like to share?
1: I will tell my social media but also I guess with a funny story um so my so my Instagram is Disney Stuff 69 I totally made that handle while uh day drunk with my friend as a outlet for my Disney stuff and to, <laughs> nice. so that my personal Instagram my poor friends wouldn't have to you know view all of my fun Disney things that I'm into. But yeah. Totally
0: so. understand. Yeah. yeah my, my, my Disney best friends best. have no idea how deep the Disney lore goes.
1: Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it was kind of a, a silly handle, but um now we're sticking with it. There you go. Cool. Well, thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for having me. This is so much fun. Yay. Yeah,
0: of course.
2: And we'll see y'all in two weeks. Thanks, everybody.
0: And Frontierland.
2: Yeehaw!
1: Yeehaw! <laughs> Gideon.